Welcome to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. I'm your host, Matt Halloran. Being your own loud is not new to marketing, but the mindset, strategies, and resources to help you get there are evolving faster than this industry is keeping up. It is time to find a new perspective on what works why and how to move your business forward. Listen as I interview guests to help you learn from them how to be your own loud. Let's get to the show. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. I am your host, Matt Halloran. You know, we don't really have a lot of fintech people on this show. And to be fully transparent, most of the time it's boring as hell. And I don't really want to talk about the kind of boring fintech-y things. We have somebody very different today, uh, and I'm really, really excited. So he is the head coach at Charts. This is Sean Brown. Sean, welcome to the show. Matt, I am thrilled to be on the show with you. Thanks for having me. Well, listen, people are going to say right now, okay, why charts? What the hell's going on, Matt? I'm going to tell you what's going on. So one of the neat things about really working with an aware fintech company is they're paying attention to what actually is working for advisors, because if they can help advisors do stuff that's working for them, then they're going to find more value in the systems that somebody like YCharts has created. And we've got a bunch of really great questions that I'm going to be launching at Sean. But to put him in the hot seat on a couple of things, of course, which I know he can handle. But yeah, the, if your technology companies or relationships aren't giving you more than just the technology, shouldn't they? I think that's the question that I want to ask to everybody today. All right, Sean, we're going to go ahead and launch right into this. All right. There are a lot of people out there and research is really starting to bubble up to the surface that a lot of clients are not happy with their advisor. Is this just that we're more aware of it or is this a trend that you guys have been seeing? What the heck's going on? You are absolutely right. McKinsey did a study many years back and said the average advisor retains 95% of their clients on an annual basis. 95%. 95%. Where do you hear that? That's That basically says, check your pulse. And if you're providing just basic service, you are going to retain your customers. That worked in an 11 plus year bull market, Matt. We've done some studies <laughs> that say that up to 50% of an advisor's clients have either left them since the pandemic Ooh. or have strongly considered leaving them. That's pretty serious. That's terrifying, dude. Could you imagine if you had to replace 50% of your clients every year? That's It's not a sustainable business. That's not building long-term relationships. That's, that's utterly ter- terrifying. That basically means you are working till the end of June to start the effort to grow your practice. That's a wake-up call for a lot of advisors. So what, what the hell is going on, dude? I mean, so you, the 95 to 50%. I can't do math as well as probably a lot of advisors. That's a big number, though. It, it is a big number. And, and I think the biggest thing that changed, Matt, is when you get that quarterly statement over the 11 and a half year bull market, and every time it says, husband or wife, we're worth more. We're worth more. You know what? All sins are forgiven as far as communication or service. But when things get shaky, people start to say, wait, tell me about my portfolio. Tell me how we're doing. I haven't heard from you in a long time. Things have changed in my world. I was just, I have a friend of mine who's an advisor for a large wealth management firm outside of Chicago. And um, he only calls me when there are issues. 
right? And he's like, dude, I just we do some role playing stuff so that he's preparing for uh, difficult client conversations. He's experiencing this left and right right now, dude, because they talked so much about performance and now they're not with a balanced portfolio. You're not going to beat the S&P. Right. You know, they do asset allocation. They do, you know, basically the long term, they do some, uh, you know, quarterly rebalancing and things like that. But there are people like, why are we beating the S&P? It seems that people are looking at their portfolios differently, partially because what you just said, 11 year bull market. Right. Um, But really, I don't know if I've actually said this statement and you're the first person is, did COVID really change some of this or how did that time change how advisors need to be positioning their investments and their client communication and this big picture client retention? So I had a good buddy who was in, he, he lived in the 14th century and he still impacts me today. That's, that's my buddy, Jeff Chaucer. And, and Jeff said that all good things must come to an end. And what changed is complacency had set in. And I'm doing my job well because I'm retaining my customers and my AUM's growing became a bit of a birthright. And it felt like something that was going to last forever. When the markets got shaky, those that were comfortable sitting at a, a dinner table for a dinner party were sitting across from each other saying, what's the damage to your portfolio? What's the damage to ours? Tell me a little bit about that advisor who is serving you. Oh, they're in touch with you. They're communicating on a weekly basis on what is going on, what the outlook is for the future, what interest rates have to do with things. And then on the other side of the table, much like that famous scene from Jerry Maguire, where uh, Jerry's hugging Cuba Gooding Jr. and a, a lesser agent is sitting there looking in envy, people are saying, I'm jealous of that service you're getting. What is the name of your advisor? Here's one of the issues is advisors are hanging their hat on something they have very little control over, right? Which is the market. Because if they did actually have control over it, it would be the richest people in the whole wide world, right? And we also know that some of that is getting kind of commoditized now, right? What is your experience? You know, let's just take a step back. How long have you been in financial services? I'm not supposed to disclose my age, my wife tells me, but I'm in my mid-50s. And since I was uh, 24 years old, I've been in financial services and fintech. So so with that robust, I will be polite there, robust life experience, that you mature, right? Very nice. What's going on with this? Why, why do you think advisors hang their hat on something they have no control? My opinion is just because you don't have control of something, which is uh, market returns and exogenous things, doesn't mean you shouldn't be talking about it. At the, end of, at the end of the day, why do we go to wealth advisors? We don't go to wealth advisors because we need another friend. We don't go to wealth advisors because we need a therapist. We go to wealth advisors because we have dreams and goals, and we need their help getting there. And if you're not talking about the most crucial aspect of your relationship, which is how is a portfolio configured to best meet the needs of me and my spouse, who cares that you know my children's name? Who cares that you have, you can direct me to somebody who can help me with taxes? Stick with the core, and even if you don't control it, you should be talking about it. 
So that's very interesting. So you should be talking about it. Now, one of the things that happens is how the advisors talk about it. They it, and it's almost like a sports score. So um, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. So just bear with me. Right. So you are an advisor who <clears throat> does proactively talk about what's going on in the market. And your clients come in. You're a financial planner. Right. And they say. I, we're not beating the S&P. All of my communication from the advisor is all about the markets. And the advisor's like, well, hold on. We're a long, I'm a long-term financial planner. We're, we planned for this. You should be looking five, 10 years out and really look at the plan. How, how do you answer that? Having the interaction, talking about these very subjects is step one in the process. Not ignoring it. Not ignoring the elephant in the room. I think important step two in the process is understanding concerns, curiosities, or opinions so that you can best tailor what you're talking about going forward. So at its simplest sense, reminding your client, we have a plan. It considers long-term things. Please remember, we are not benchmarking ourselves, or we are, to the S&P 500. Because you may not be, but here's what our index is that we're benchmarking ourselves for, and we need to stay the course. Let's look at this Monte Carlo analysis. Let me remind you that timing the market is a terrible thing to do. And how are you feeling about that, Mr. or Ms. Client? What more can we talk about? Wow, my wife loves me to tell her I love her every day. I haven't told her anything new, but it reminded her of something important. And it's the same thing in my eyes between the advisor and their clients have the discussion, see where it needs to go, course correct, and progress from there. We talk a lot about content here and making sure that it's client-focused and organic content. What are you seeing, since you have a lot of users right now, how are people using this, the information that you provide to them to create organic content? Yeah, great question. And, and if I could step back from that a little bit and say, Hey, regardless of if you use our content or you, you create it in an Excel spreadsheet or you just cultivate articles, communication is important. And I think what I see great advisors doing, and, and we have 10,000 customers, so we have a large uh, knowledge base of advisors that we draw off of. They are being introspective and saying, let me look at myself kind of on two dimensions. Dimension number one is narrow cast kind of things. When I'm talking one-to-one -one or one-to-a-few, how am I doing? When I'm broadcasting, am I broadcasting? How am I doing? So that's dimension one. Dimension two is the frequency of contact. Are you communicating ad hoc or reactionary? That's one. Or are you in a cadence once a month, once a week, once a quarter? What we are seeing great advisors doing is they're being introspective and just saying, how am I doing on these in this two by two? What are the people that are the best in the industry doing associated with that? And how can I mimic, copy, or avoid based on what I learned? And so to wrap that up, Matt, I can tell you more about how we can help in those things. But outside of Y charts, it's think about what you want to be doing, categorize it, and get on a journey to improve wherever you need to improve. Well, I think a lot of advisors inherently are quite busy, right? And so we hear this all the time. In fact, Kirk and I have many conversations, and through our sales process, we talk a lot about this. It's very, very difficult to find the time to do this. So you're just going to pull something off the shelf and you're going to throw it out there, even if it's not 100% you or whatever. 
And I don't think people should shy away from this conversation or the conversation surrounding what's going on in the market. But there definitely needs to be more of a relationship. It, they're not coming to you primarily as a friend or as, you know, a marriage counselor, it, but, it, but they are coming to you because they do want, after you have their basic needs met, Maslow's hierarchy, right? Then, then you know, self-actualization uh, is at the top of that Maslow's hierarchy. That's where people are hoping you're going to take them. There's lots of emotionally charged things that go along there. But I'm sorry, I have to, I want to hit hard rewind here because you said 95% down to 50%. I, I just, I'm really struggling. Not that I'm, I'm, I'm not arguing that because it's not surprising to me. There has to be more than just the fact that we went through an 11 year bull market. What else is going on here, dude? I am using this opportunity to evaluate my financial well-being and my relationship with the advisor who is guiding me on this path. When we ran our survey uh, in 2019 of almost 700 advised individuals. Those advised individuals said a couple of things. One, they said, I want, I judge my advisor on a few things. One, do they know me as a full personality? And how is their customer service? And third is portfolio performance. When we re-ran that survey at the end of 2022, portfolio performance jumped absolutely up top. So that, that's one thing I'd say. People are talking about the wrong things. The other thing I'd say is both surveys said the exact same thing. What's the consequence of poor communication? They, they were threefold. Number one is I'm not going to have confidence in that financial plan my advisor set forth. Number two, I am not going to recommend that advisor to friends and family and Matt. What is the number one source of new business for advisors? Or get everybody wants it to be referrals is their organic growth tech. Referrals. And number three is I am going to have a propensity to look at other advisors if I'm not satisfied with the communication I'm receiving. Back to what your question is, the market turbulence created a catalyst for people to revisit relationships. When they revisited relationships, they said communication matters and they said Communication about my financial well-being and my plan is super important. Hey, it's Matt jumping in for a second. Are you an advisor who wants to go from being the seeker of clients to being sought after? Then influence is your answer. It's the only marketing that's left for today's advisors. If you want to know how much influence you have right now and how to get more of it, take our free five-minute test and get your influence scorecard. Just go to proudmouth.com to start. So you did this survey, dude. So what else did what else bubbled up from the survey? Well, uh, uh, I mentioned it. Uh, I'll break it down. Almost fifty percent of people, and you can split that half and half. About twenty twenty two percent left their advisor, and the balance of the fifty percent strongly considered. Now, the twenty to the twenty five percent that strongly considered, guess what? They may have repledged allegiance to you for another year but they're keeping their ears open. They're at dinner parties and they're asking, "Who? how is your Jerry Maguire relationship? What is your advisor doing? Are they communicating well? Ooh, could I get the name? I'd love to sit down with them and just talk about my needs. That's a scary thing for any advisor to find out. Their clients, high net worth, medium net worth, uh, uh, lower net worth are talking, especially those with high net worth. 
Well, let, let's talk about that just a little bit more, and then I'll move on to my next question, because this is just too meaty for me not to keep diving in, dude. All right. So you have 10,000 clients, and you've been you know in this for at least two or three dog stages, right? So what is the frequency of communication that you're seeing your more successful advisors? What What is that cadence that you think seems to be working well? It varies. So let me let me be careful and not say there's one size fits all, but- Back to my framework of is it is it cadenced or is it ad hoc? First of all, cadence communication. We're seeing people really experiment with podcasts and monthly newsletters and cultivated articles that they're sending out, maybe with little commentary or little effort to some, but something that's in the inbox that says, here are some interesting articles this week. That says, like with my wife, it says, I love you. And it says it in a very quick and easy way. So we're seeing them definitely step up their cadence communication, which will help them attract new customers and say, I love you to the current ones. And we are also seeing much better ad hoc sending of something of interest. Hey, Mr. and Ms. Jones, I know you were asking about how alternative EV stocks besides uh, Tesla which ones are out there, and you send a little article that you found on Rivian or others, this is what we're seeing good advisors do. We could unpack that for the rest of the time, but I think I'm just going to leave that with everybody because, first off, I think that you answered that very, very well without being wildly specific. So I'm going to go ahead and specify that very quickly because one of the things that I think a lot of advisors don't understand is if they don't want to see your content, they're going to swipe by right? So some advisors say, well, Matt, I shouldn't put out that much content. No, that is actually not the world we live in anymore. Even if they swipe by it though, uh, this is my favorite thing. It's still the, I love you. It's still the, I want you to know this. It's still, Hey, I'm paying attention to this stuff because they'll just going to see Sean's name and, oh my God, that's my advisor. Whether it's an email, whether it's a text message, which a lot of people are able to do now, whether it's a video, it's a podcast, it's a blog, I don't care, workshop, education, whatever it's going to be. Just the simple fact that you're showing that activity makes such a big difference. Now, from a podcasting perspective, we recommend twice a month. It's a cadence that's actually just manageable. And if you use our social media system, then you have posts going out most business days. Just again, See, your clients want to know that you're there. That's the philosophical underpinning of what you're saying, right? You just brought up Chaucer earlier, and I was just talking to a friend of mine about, I I follow this thing called the Daily Stoic, right? And and there's three major principles of the Daily Stoic. The, The first one is you can't really control anything, right? And so just figure out what you control. Secondly, when you do make a mistake, it's your fault, and you need to take responsibility instead of you know, the external locus of control. And of course, the last thing with the Daily Stoic is we're all going to die, so you might as well live for today. And I love that stuff, right? But let's just go back to the first part, of which is control what you can control. What I'm hearing from you is, yes, you can't control it, but damn, it's important to continue to talk. Absolutely. And when you think about how to talk about it, not all of us have the DNA and the inspiration that Matt Halloran has to be very good in a podcast and on video with his dynamic good looks. There are some people that that's not their cup of tea. Hey, maybe you're good at analytics and maybe your analytics end up in a a weekly, quarterly or monthly note. Don't try to change who you are. If something you see a a best practice, somebody doing the Ritholtz group or Charlie Bellello or somebody in the market, if that inspires you and you think you can do it, go ahead. If it doesn't, try something else. 
but do something and do it for a while. I love how you just brought up the idea of the analytical, right? So let's say you are highly analytical. Guess what? If you're putting out stuff about being highly analytical, and if you do it consistently and long enough, those people who are attracted to that, we call that poll marketing, right? People are going to start showing up and saying, gosh, Sean, I don't know if you know this. I've been following you for like three years. I love your content. I never really was ready, but I'm ready to do it now. Uh, and they come in and what we refer to as their fans, they're pre-sold. And oh my God, that's the, be that's the best thing that could possibly happen. All right. My next question is, thank you for allowing me to go on that tangent, brother. I really appreciate that. All right. So let's talk about best practices. So you've been doing this for quite a while. You've got 10,000 users of Y charts. What are you seeing that advisors are doing that's really working for them from not only a client communication standpoint, but a client retention standpoint? In a groove of communicating with their clients in a way that is digitally tailored to make them feel like it's special for them. Some of their clients, because they send different emails out, they know who clicks on what, they know they where they're clicking, they're learning more. They're building a CRM that's telling them what the client likes or what the prospect likes, and they're fitting into their discussions. How do you want to be communicated with? Is it okay if I communicate with you about the following types of things? So they're building an amazing CRM that they are then using to fuel their mass customized configuration of communication. Some people may say, Matt, I couldn't agree with what you said more when you said even an email that goes unread has an impact because we all see who sent something to us. It's valuable. You may find, though, that people aren't opening your emails. Maybe through time, you find there's another tactic that they like and get them on a programmatic way to communicate with them that part is digitized and, and, you know, it goes in an automated way, but don't miss the part of reaching out one-on-one -on -one to talk about things that really aren't going to come about in a digital relationship. Anything that you can do on the proactive side too. And again, that's just such a overused word and I understand that it's overused, but if you can get ahead of it, uh, then you can prepare them for the stuff that's going on. Okay. So I'm sure by now, 20 some odd minutes into this, people are going, what the hell is this? This Y charts guy hasn't talked to anything really about what the hell Y charts is. How is this applicable to anything that Matt is asking him? So I'm, I'm going to turn the floor over to you. Actually, I have to tell you a very funny story. Um, so uh, I have a big recording thing that I bring when I go to conferences and I love your guys's logo. So I stole a sticker and I slapped it on the front of my recording thing. It's actually sitting right over here. And, uh, and so uh, I get to where my booth is supposed to be and I'm one package short and it's my recording. It's like a thousand, two thousand dollars worth of recording equipment and I'm freaking out. And so I'm like, Hey, this is what it looked like. And they're like, yeah, I don't really know where it is. You know, it's, we delivered everything. So I'm walking around, uh, there's, there is the white charts came it, there's my thing. And they're like, this isn't mine. I'm like, that's mine. They're like, why does it have a Y charts, the sticker? I was like, because I like the logo and it's easy for me to, anyway, I love that. Uh, your guys' marketing and branding is fantastic. We don't even have time to jump into that today, but let's talk about Y charts specifically and how you can help financial services professionals communicate more accurately and effectively with their clients. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, listen, we're, we're shy and humble about bragging about ourselves. So I'll give you an answer. And I would just say anybody who wants to learn more, you know, we're, we're easy to find on the web or, or any social media. We do two things. 
we help advisors make better investment decisions. Number two, we help them better communicate their insights. We do number one through the things you'd expect. We have dashboards that help stay abreast on market. We have news. We have amazing ability to do research, to screen stocks, create portfolios, to uh, tweak investment portfolios, to create a work piece because you're meeting with a prospect tomorrow. We have tons of templates that we provide you with. We help you get ready to be badass. And that's what we do. And then when it comes to communication, a lot of what we do ends up in a very visual way. A uh, picture's worth a thousand words, and, and we live that every day. And when you talk about the branding on a sticker, we think that our very best marketing is just to have our application used on the laptop or computer of an advisor. And one of their friends comes over and says, what is that thing? And is it helpful? And that's how we end up getting a lot of customers. So we, we spent 13 years growing a business that we're laser focused on advisors. And that's what we do. Well, let me tell you, we're laser focused on advisors too, brother. And I can't think of a better community that that really needs what you guys offer and, and shameless plug what we offer here too, right? Being able to have great client communication is the most important thing for you to retain clients, become more referable, and really even better refer or get more referrals from centers of influence. So let's just take what you just said there. So you come up, YCharts presents you with this very, very nice visual representation of what's going on. Advisors need to send that to their centers of influence too. Like, hey, I just wanted you to know that we're watching this and this is the reason why we have a relationship. This is my area of expertise. You are a CPA, state planning attorney, divorce attorney, therapist, whatever. You know, I don't know if you have been paying attention to this, but it's my job as another fellow expert to show this to you. Do you have clients who are doing that or... Maybe not absolutely. As many. Okay, good. No, a a absolutely. We have we have people across the board in professions, and one of the big things we do is we eat our own dog food. We use our software to do analyses that we provide to the market for free to white label and use on their own. Like not all advisors, especially smaller RAs who don't have big research teams, not all of them have time to present themselves as a macroeconomic expert. We publish things. You snap your logo on it. You edit our text as you see fit. You put it in your colors, which we help you do. You send that out. Guess what? You looked really smart today. And you're able to move on to those things that you maybe are better at, which is customer service or touching base or reaching out or, or getting a podcast going. And you're not sitting there with a glass of bourbon trying to put together this quarter's macroeconomic analysis. So it doesn't matter your profession. Um, we've got templates that try to help people we try to make the complex easy and the easy quick and look smart, be smart. Good luck with your practice. And look smart, be smart. Good luck with your practice. Here, here's the deal. Every advisor who's listening to this is looking for a way to get more time back in their day. And whether that's outsourcing, you know, your social media and your content marketing to a company like ours or outsourcing all of what you had just said to a company like yours, this is what podcasts like this are for. Our job here at Proudmouth is to bring great ideas that are not only going to help you with marketing, but will hopefully save you time so you can do more marketing. Or as you said, do the other things that are vitally important, like pick up the phone, right? Goodness gracious. That's still one of the most powerful things advisors can do. All right, here's my favorite question. And I, uh, I just realized I didn't ask my last podcast guest this, and I don't know why I didn't, but what should I have asked you that I didn't? 
Should I answer for your last podcast podcast guest or for me? <laughs> you, you. I'll have to give her a call, but that's all right. What makes me excited about the advisor space in the future? Beautiful. Talk about the future, my friend. You may have different numbers than I do, Matt, but only 30 to 35% of American households are represented by an advisor. 120 some million of the 330 million people. I think we all have dreams, regardless of our net worth. We all want to get to some state, which involves money and getting us there. And what makes me super excited about the advisory space is so many hardworking Americans out there have no help. Some have inadequate help. I'm just super excited to be humbly serving a space that has unlimited potential to grow over the next decade and passionate, truly passionate people serving them. And I think from YCharts perspective, we enjoy being that Intel inside kind of thing that that advice individual doesn't need to know our logo. They don't need to know our name. We won't steal their recording equipment that shows. I love that their advice, we make their advisors better at what they do and maybe more efficient. And those advisors, once they sign a subscription with us, they stay with us forever because we give them a high ROI. Well, thank you for that. I, I really appreciate that. And one of the reasons why Kirk and I started Proudmouth and really have been so diligently trying to get more and more advisors to podcast isn't just because it's good for our business. It's to solve that exact problem, because a lot of people don't know this. When you record a podcast and you put it out to the world, anybody can listen to it. And so what, what happens a lot of times is if financial advisors don't realize that somebody could be listening to your show for two or three years where Sean, they weren't in the financial situation to be able to be a good client for an advisor, but because you've been giving them advice and you've had their ear, even though you don't know it, you've had their ear, that's how we make the biggest difference. Financial services education and advice was really closed for a long time. Proudmouth's job is to, one, stop you from being the best kept secret in the area, but two, bringing financial advice to the masses is one of the main reasons why we get up every morning and we're so passionate about this. So, all right, brother, uh, if somebody wants to know more about you, where do they go? Go to whitecharts.com. If you specifically go to forward slash Matt dash Halloran, you can do a couple things. One, I'd love if people just access this study that I referenced. No charge. Take it. Learn from it. I think it's wonderful things we learned that would benefit all advisors. To the degree that that leads you to want to have a discussion with Ycharts, we'd be thrilled to talk to you. And we'll make sure that we have that link to the show notes. All right, Sean. I really appreciate everything that you're doing. I love seeing you guys at conferences. There's just something about the team that you've built that just has a really nice feeling about it. Friendly, approachable, honestly not salesy, more there to provide great education. We call that opt-in marketing and opt-in sales. People are buying from you. You're not having to do the hard close. And I hope more and more companies follow that too. So everybody listen, here's the long and the short of it. It is your fiduciary responsibility, your professional responsibility to start providing more and more education for the general public. There's two ways that you can do it, really three. Number one, you can go ahead and use something like YCharts, which is going to give you great scalable communication for your clients and your prospects and centers of influence. Number two, you can join the Podrocket Academy, take a free trial, learn how to do your own podcast, start getting that out there. Or number three, hell, you can just hire us to do it for you. Whichever one of those three things you choose, 
This should be part of your planning for this year and many years to come. So for Sean and everybody at YCharts, this is Matt Hallard, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thanks for listening to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. If you want to know more about how you can be your own loud, visit us at proudmouth.com and sign up for the Pod Rocket Academy. Through courses and office hours led by professional podcast producers and digital marketers, you will learn everything you need to know to become the trusted subject matter expert you were meant to be.